everybody. Welcome to the X Report. I'm Reverend X, and alongside me today, we got Biggie, aka Ethan Tate, aka a Grizzlies fan who has to be enjoying the play of John ja Morant. How you doing today, Ethan? I'm good. How you doing? Trying to stay warm, you know, looking at snow on the ground. All the fun things are being in Memphis right now. Yeah, sure, totally. Um, as someone who's used to snow and not being from here, it, it really blows me how not just Memphis, but southern states literally do not know what to do when it comes to the snow. Like, they just now starting to get the streets done as far as like getting them uh plowed and sawed. It. It's been it's been wild. But I mean, it looks like it's about to be over. So that that's a positive. And then joining us later, we got the 55-minute, 32-second man, a.k.a. Brother Keezy, a.k.a. the Green Goblin. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? You know, I'm going to get ready for work at the last minute, but, you know. What do you mean, last minute? You have time. Do I, though? You, you really do. You don't have to go until 4. But we got a cool show for you guys today. We are going to break down the Carson Wentz uh, to the Indianapolis Colts trade. We are going to talk the NBA um, all-star game starters, see if there were any mistakes made with that. And then we're going to close up the show, making our predictions for Elimination Chamber. But before we get to any of that, please be sure to check out theexreport.net. I repeat, theexreport.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Free episodes for our lovely podcast on our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. Now, before we get to um, sports, we at The X Report would like to extend our condolences to the family of Vincent Jackson, former NFL wide receiver for the, uh, 12 seasons. He passed away earlier this week. He was found deceased in the hotel room at the age of 38. His cause of death as of right now is has not yet been determined. But we at the X-Port, we would like to send our condolences to him, him his family, um, thoughts and prayers, because I know this has got to be a tough time, especially losing somebody, a loved one, so young. Yeah, so it is a really sad instance, especially because he didn't retire that long ago. I looked it up. I think his last season was either 2016, 2017. So it's not like he'd been out of the game for a long time. So it was he was really just starting to get into the throes of retirement. So like we said, just sending our condolences, thoughts and prayers to him, his family. Um, just try to keep them uplifted. But all right, so let's go ahead and talk. The Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts trades. Now, it was a move that we kind of speculated would take place for a while now. And then uh, just a couple days ago, it became official for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 22 second, 2022 second-round pick, which could potentially become a first-round pick. Carson Wentz has joined the Indianapolis Colts. And um, in a message, of course, following the trade, Wentz took to social media uh, to say this about Philly. I'm not going to read the full message, but um, an expert is, on the field, we brought the Lombardi Trophy home to Philly. Thank you to the Eagles organization for drafting me and making my NFL dream come true. So, Ethan, let's start off from the coach perspective. What do you think they're getting out of Carson Wentz? I think they're actually going to be getting a really good quarterback because we all know 
pressure of having to always constantly look over his shoulder every time he made a mistake, I think it really got to him. And I think once he goes to Indianapolis, he's not going to um, deal with that pressure of like, okay, is the guy behind me really? Every time I throw a pick, y'all are just going to throw Jacoby Brissetti in. And then also, unlike in Philly, but in Indianapolis, he has one of the better offensive lines in the game of football. Right. Like, a lot of what happened in Philly with Carson Wentz, I feel like I had to do with the fact that, honestly, throughout the history of the past couple of years in Philly, they could never protect the quarterback. They couldn't protect Mike Vick. They couldn't protect Carson Wentz. So, you throw in the fact that he's going to be protected by one of the best O-lines in the game, and then they have a up-and-coming running attack led by Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. Yes, they don't really... The receivers are... Eh, but I think the fact that there's a total weapons category as far as receivers and running back, I think he'll be able to produce good enough, especially to maybe, I hate to say, you know, win the AFC South, especially pairing with their defense because it's a top, it's a top ten defense. Like the whole situation from a football standpoint, you insert Carson Wentz, and if he's able to not even be his MVP caliber type of Carson Wentz, but like a better version of. Carson Wentz in the past, previous years, and maybe better than what Phil Rivers was this past season, because Phil Rivers was okay, but I think if you were to add a dynamic of maybe a quarterback that can push the ball more downfield, which Carson Wentz can do, and make some of these tougher throws, which you know that he can do, they might have been in a different position and heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I totally understand. I do think that it's going to be an upgrade for Carson Wentz and the Colts. Like you said, I mean, the only thing I'm going to differ is Marlon Mack is slated to be a free agent this year, so he may not be back. But, yeah, and I mean, let's talk about the offensive line. I mean, last year the Eagles had a rotating door at offensive line. Like, it was it was tough to watch, especially but considering how much potential the team had going in. Like, I know that a lot of people are hyped up about the Cowboys draft, but, I mean, the Eagles still had a lot of pop going in, especially getting Darius Slay. Um, but I think that a big issue was, in addition to the offensive line, was personnel. They really did not have any weapons around him. And the best weapons he had um, in Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders dealt with injuries all year. So it was tough for Carson to really get going. I think that it also played into him really trying to make things happen that weren't there. And then, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of his fumbles came because he got hit on his blind side. He had no protection. So, overall, I do think that Carson is in a better situation. I think that the Colts, like you said, they don't really have, like, a superstar wide receiver. But I do like what they're building. I like Michael Pittman. I think that he has a lot of potential. I think that uh, T.Y. Hilton, if they are able to bring him back, brings a nice veteran presence. They got a nice group of tight ends. Overall, I think the Colts have a better overall roster than the Eagles. So, I do think that Carson is going to be in a better situation. And something that uh, we both recognize is he's going to be back with Frank Wright. And Frank Wright, um, is the who was our offensive coordinator early in his career, got them was a big reason them getting to the Super Bowl. So I think going back with uh, Frank is going to be a big confidence booster for Carson. In addition to not really having to keep looking over his shoulder about if he's going to end up getting bitched. But all right, let's look at it from the Eagles' perspective. What is your take on that? My take on that is I feel like they had to get rid of Carson Wentz because. It was a lot of drama going on in this um, quarterback room. You know, Wentz was unhappy. He didn't he didn't vibe with Doug Peterson, even though yes, they fired Doug Peterson. But also, I think the fans 
played a very big part in a lot of these because in Philadelphia, you know they love all their sports yeah. and they're very passionate fans. So it's like they probably made some of those moves really to help appease to their fans. Jalen Hurts, he's a good, he's a good young, promising player. I feel like in some ways they might have. They had no choice. They threw him in the fire. I feel like they threw him in the fire too soon. And I think that this season, this, this upcoming season is going to be a very up and down year for Jalen. Like, you're going to see some great moments and you're going to see some moments where it's like, bro, this dude shouldn't be playing football. Because at the end of the day, they're still, they still have a bad offensive line. We don't know what their offensive weapons are going to look like. Zach Ertz is potentially either going to be traded or released. So there's a surefire weapon that's probably going to be gone at the beginning of the next season. And like you have a second year quarterback who went through a rookie season with no offseason count, no um OTAs, no preseason, anything. He just got thrown in the fire like with week ten, week eleven of the regular season. Yeah. And like so it's gonna take a lot of things. You're gonna have to honestly and truly, you're gonna have to like upload a lot of things and trust Jalen Hurts with a lot of things in a very short time span that he hasn't really had the proper timing to learn because of COVID. And I think as far as the picks goes, I feel like they they got what they were going to get. I don't think that, in all honesty, given the past couple of years of Carson Wentz's performance on the field, I never thought they were going to get a first-round pick. I thought it both at best they might get a high second, mid-second, if the, if the best pick. Because being quite honest, just Carson Wentz has the potential to be a franchise quarterback. But his play is a recent years on the field hadn't shown it. So you're trying to sell people on this dream of like, hey, you could be trading for a future MVP, but he's played the last last two seasons of on um, um, last two years hasn't shown it. So I think they they got what they deserve. Yeah, um, starting off with Carson Wentz, the um, what they got for him, I'm in agreement. I did think they could have potentially got a one. Um, but based off this past year, I can totally understand why they didn't. It was a turnover laden year. It was ugly by every account. And then even before that, he struggled with injuries a lot. So not a lot of teams are going to want to deal with that, not to mention that big contract he already has. So not too surprised by the compensation that they uh, got, or at least lack of a better word, they didn't really get. Um, and then in terms of Jalen Hurts, yeah, I think that – it's good he's getting with the current receiving core and getting to know them and blah, blah, blah. But realistically, I don't think this is going to be like a superstar year for Jalen Hurts. I think that to kind of expect him just to lead them to the playoffs is a bit asinine. I think it's a bit ridiculous, especially because we've seen it. The front office for Philly really hasn't done the best to bring in weapons to make them better. Should I have the sixth overall pick this year? And they could really use that to bring in some talent, but... It it the bank it really begs the question of how much are they gonna hurt help Jalen? Are they gonna work to help Jalen? Are they gonna try to build a better team around him? Like it's a lot of unknowns going into this year, and they also are a team that has a lot of needs. So I think that Jalen, like you said, I think Jalen's gonna have some great moments, and I think there are gonna be times when he looks like a guy who should not have been thrusted into the starting lineup. But it'll be interesting to see how the Philly saga goes. As of right now, I feel like the Colts won the trade just because it gives them some consistency at quarterback that they have not had since Andrew Luck. Like, it seems like every year, every other year, they, they're using a different quarterback. So, the consistency part, I will give that to the Colts. As far as who I think has a better season, I also think the Colts will too. Now, uh, wh- one more thing before we move on. Um, so, it seems that even though, as of right now, Jalen Hurts is QB1, 
There's no guarantees in the NFL, and Philly, it seems like Representative Tavari said that they're going to try to bring in a little bit of competition for him. Uh, do you expect him to be to start all of next year, barring an injury? Um, it really depends on who they bring in. Like, if they can bring in a veteran, one of these veteran quarterbacks, like, I'd be, I'd be honest, like a Matt Ryan or somebody of that nature, then being real, I, if they bring in Matt Ryan, I can honestly see him beating out Jalen Hurts for the starting job because, like, yes, Jalen Hurts is a younger, more attractive option because he's he's mobile. He kind of fits more of the mold of what today's quarterback is. Mm-hmm. But Matt Ryan has that experience behind him. Like, Matt Ryan's been in the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan's been in difficult situations on the road and in playoff games. So, I think... And also, it just depends. Like, if they draft someone that they're really confident in, who knows what they might do with their number six overall pick. I think that, I think Jalen might start to begin the year, but I could very well see him not starting the whole season. I can see that. I don't think they would go for a play like Matt Ryan just because that's another hefty contract they'd have to take, and they already have a lot of dead cap tied in uh, Carson Wentz. I want to say it's like 31 or 33 mil. But I can see a play like Ryan Fitzpatrick getting signed and having a role with the Eagles that he did with the Dolphins. And I could see him end up starting some quality games for the Eagles. Um, yeah, and then going back to the draft, I've seen mock drafts where there was one um, that I saw recently. I don't remember whose it was, but it was with the Eagles trading up from uh, six to three to take Zach Wilson. And so, or Jack, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, one of the two. And so, it's not an impossibility for them to try to uh, draft a quarterback. Me personally, I would not use the sixth overall pick or my first round pick to get a quarterback. I think that you have. No matter who your quarterback is, they got to have some weapons, and they don't have a weapon right now. So, no, I would definitely use that to build talent around them, if not just get another, get some more uh, defensive presence, especially for the secondary. But, no, I, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they brought a veteran in to push Jalen Hurts, but I don't think he's going to start every game for the uh, Eagles next year. But speaking of another player who has their career in doubt, potentially, it is – Good old Big Ben, and I say that sarcastically. Um, as we all know, he has a huge cap number going into the 2021 season. In fact, he is slated to make 41 mil this year. And uh, Steelers GM Kevin Colbert did not pull any punches when it came to Big Ben saying this. He reiterated to us that he wants to continue to play. We told him we have to look at this current situation. In other words, they're being very non-committal to Big Ben. And typically when it comes to quarterbacks, you hear the talks, but it doesn't really make that much noise, doesn't have that much traction. But even Steelers fans feel like Big Ben is holding the Steelers back. Do you think that Big Ben will be back in uh, Pittsburgh next year? Like, 
Scotty moments, and I think that, in my personal opinion, especially the way that he, his play style was in his younger days and the punishment that he took on his body, I think he should honestly call it a career. Yeah. Because, like, bro, you can't keep taking these hits. You honestly had a bad, you came from a horrible um, elbow injury the season before. Like, just call it a career. You won your Super Bowls. You don't have to try to prove anybody wrong anymore. Everybody respects you for the most part and just call it quits. I agree. I think he should call it. I mean, if not for any other reason, but the Steelers aren't going to win anything else with Big Ben. Like, I understand they started out the year 11-0. and I get that. Went to the playoffs. But let's be honest. How much of that was attributed to Big Ben? How much of that, how much better does Big Ben make them? I think the only way that the Steelers look at this situation and think, okay, we could keep Big Ben is because they don't have a high enough draft pick to really try to get a quality quarterback, one of the earlier quarterbacks. Right now, the other quarterbacks on the roster are Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Neither of them look like they're ready to be a full-time starter. And so by keeping Big Ben for another year, it allows them the opportunity to, I guess, flesh out their options to better look around and decide what do we want to do at the position. But, I mean, other than that, there's not much reason to be sold on Big Ben. Like, as far as his play, it wasn't terrible, but it was nothing that really inspires you. Nothing like, oh, he can play another 10 years. Like, And not to mention, even in the last few years alone, he's been really noncommittal to playing. Because just a few years, I think it was 2017, he wasn't uh, making any – true decisions about playing and then you saw that the Pittsburgh was like all right we're gonna draft a quarterback they get Mason Rudolph in what the second round and he throws a fit about it and he comes back and then every year since it's really just been oh I don't know if I'm gonna come back so honestly I think he's just call it what's the point of continuing to put your body on the line and you're not gonna get anything out of it you're not gonna win a Super Bowl and that has nothing to do with the team I'm a fan of it has nothing to do with anything it's just realistically it's just not gonna happen so I agree. I think he should call it, but I do think he's going to spend one more year in Pittsburgh and then tis a wrap. Speaking of another quarterback who still expressed a desire to play, despite being a bit on the older side, Alex Smith. After getting, returning to football last year, winning comeback player of the year, Smith announced that he still wants to play somewhere in 2021. However, it may not be the Washington football team because if they were to cut him, they would save 13.6 mil against the cap. So, Ethan, do you think that another team will take a chance on Alex Smith if he is released from Washington? I think the team will take a chance on him, but I don't think the team will take a chance on him as far as being a a player, like uh, on the field player. I think it'll be a team with a younger quarterback that will bring him a younger quarterback that really doesn't have a quote-unquote good backup that will bring him in to take over as the backup role and also take over as like a mentor, like i.e. being honest. If if they're going to be fully committed to Jalen Hurts, they can bring in Alex Smith. Yes, he's not the Alex Smith of old, but he could he could come into this um, quarterback room and be a great mentor to Jalen Hurts and offer him insight, especially given the fact that Jalen Hurts he hasn't got that much experience and he hasn't got that much experience with the NFL because of like Kobe. Right. Like I stated earlier, he didn't have training camp, he didn't have OTAs, he didn't have a preseason. You could bring in Alex Smith, who has years of experience that can help mentor him and prepare him to be the type of quarterback that he needs to be. Miami could do it. They right. could replace, like you said, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They could replace Ryan Fitzpatrick with 
I can see that. Kind of similar to a Josh McCown role um, that he's held with almost every team in the league. But, yeah, I don't think a team, like you said, I don't think a team's really going to take a shot on him as far as being their starter. But I can see him being a really serviceable backup at the very least um, coming in for an injured player. Like, for example, I can see the Colts doing it. It's just because, let's be honest, even though Carson Wentz, we both agree he's in a better situation. He does have an injury history. You got to have somebody to back him up. A Jalen Hurts would be a great situation. Um, in Philly, Miami, you could have said. Um, another team I could think of is possibly the Broncos, who, let's be honest, their quarterback situation is not sold up, which actually is a perfect segue to talking about Drew Locke and I promise the last quarterback we're going to talk about. Um, uh, Michelle, I mean, Michael Lombardi, uh, who covers the um, Denver Broncos, had this to say about Mr. Locke um, and his relationship with the Denver Broncos. They've, they've been rumored to be talking to a lot of teams about quarterbacks. I thought they were going to make a trade last week for a quarterback, and one team backed out. I think the whole conversation about Drew Locke being the guy is over. Now, admittedly, throughout Drew Locke's career, it's been a lot of ups, and then it's been a lot more downs. But he's still just entering his uh, third year in 2021. So do you think that the Denver Broncos are giving up on Locke too early? Uh, it depends on what they think their situation is going to be. If they think that they can honestly get another quarterback and potentially make it to the playoffs, then no, they are giving up on them too soon. But if, they, if they're in this whole process of like we're rebuilding we're setting the foundation for the future, then yes, they're giving up on them too soon because we all saw what Drew Locke was able to do when he first stepped onto the field. He was a good quarterback. One of the things I have noticed, though, that has kind of regressed him and made him lesser of a quarterback than he was is he's very reluctant to throw the ball down the field. Like, when he first came into the when his first year in, he wasn't afraid to push the ball downfield and try to make big plays downfield. And for whatever reason, in his second year, he was, he got afraid to do that, and it showed in his numbers. But I think that, you know, it just depends. Like, if they want to win now, then sure, go after a quarterback that you think can get you to the playoffs, i.e., I don't know, honestly, maybe uh, maybe a Matt Ryan or whoever, whoever you think you can throw into that locker room and potentially make it to the playoffs, especially in that tough division. But I honestly, regardless of who you bring in, I don't think – the devil will make the playoffs because their division is so tough and there's so many kind of stoned in um, already locked in picks for the AFC in my opinion mm -hmm. but you know if you want to rebuild then I think they're definitely giving up on you too so yeah I think they are too um, while you were talking like I was really trying to think of the quarterbacks who got drafted in what 2018 and in truth he's the second best of the ones who got taken early because it's Kyler Murray, who I would say is undisputed number one, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke. By looking at those numbers and the comparisons, he's a, he's a, he's two. And I know that it's not much to really compare it to, but I think that he has shown flashes. I just think he does make a lot of mistakes, kind of similar to what I was saying about Carson earlier. He tries to make things happen that aren't there. I think he kind of reads the field. Um, not He's not the best at reading fields, reading defenses. And I think that it hurt because a lot of his receivers this year are really young. Jerry Judy was a rookie. KJ Hambler was a rookie. And then trying to get all of this installed, getting to know a team, but you don't have an offseason. 
Uh, yeah, Corlin Sutton was hurt. Who Corlin Sutton is a great wide receiver. Not to mention Philip. I'm mean, not Philip. Drew Lock got hurt. What week two? Week three with a serious shoulder injury and was out for what five six games. So it's it was a lot going against Drew Lock. I think that it like you said it depends how what you're going to get in return. Like for example, if you're getting Deshaun Watson out of it, hell yeah, you know Drew Lock can be on his way out. But other than that, I think that no other quarterback necessarily who you could potentially get is immediately going to make you better. I don't think it's going to put you ahead of the Chiefs. I I think that they're not too far. Honestly, I think they and the Chargers are pretty on par with each other. I just think that it depends what the Denver Broncos do with their defense and like what they do at corner. But, like, overall, I think they're on the same par, and I think that the Raiders are kind of, like, in that mix as well. So it's not much – it's pretty much the Chiefs and everybody else. So, really, it would just depend on how you're going to get out of that cluster. And I don't think that Drew Locke – well, last year, I would – yeah, I would say he was the biggest problem because the turnovers were bad. But I think they are giving up on too soon. I'll give them another year. And if the problems don't fix themselves, if they continue to persist, then that's when you know, okay, we got to move on. But I'll give him another year. But all right, before we uh, leave this NFL discussion, let's play a game of Would You Rather Free Agency Edition because Free Agency, a.k.a. the new NFL League year, starts March 15th, and I can't wait because I love Free Agency time, especially this year because it's really exciting. But all right, so we're going to start off with the battle of two 2011 Hall of Fame-worthy cornerbacks. Patrick Peterson and his relationship with the Arizona Cardinals seems to be up in the air. One day you're hearing reports, oh, they want to keep him. The other, it looks like they may release and let the longtime veteran go. So for the sake of this game, we're going to say he's going to be a free agent. And then Richard Sherman, it's already come. He's already expressed. It looks like he's going to be out of San Francisco. And he already said he wants to play two more years, wants to be competitive, blah, blah, blah. So, Ethan, you are a team who needs a corner. Are you going Patrick Peterson or Richard Sherman? Patrick Peterson, hands down. Yeah, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was already a slow corner, and he's had some injuries, and he's after him even more of their speed. And honestly, teams found out ways to expose him. Mm-hmm. P, he still been. He might not be like a top five corner, but he still, in my opinion, been like a top twenty. Yeah. Corner. So I gotta go with that piece. Yeah, I would say as far as Patrick Peterson, and this is not me being biased, I would say top fifteen. I think that he can still produce. I think the issue is there is no one really helping him as far as corner at uh in Arizona. So he has to take on a lot of responsibilities. I mean, but if you watch the first game against uh the Seahawks, he locked DK down. Yeah. DK couldn't DK. do nothing. And then not gonna lie, Tyler Lockett, that moon ball touchdown. You can't play better defense than that. That ball was just put perfectly. So he still has continued to put up good numbers. I would also take Patrick Peterson by a country mile because I know he can still play corner. I know I can still put him up against a team number one and number two, and he's not going to get blown by every play, especially if I'm going put him on a team that already has solid pieces. I think he'd be a much better fit for most teams than Richard Sherman, who more than likely would have to move to safety. Because let's be honest, Richard Sherman lately has been dealing with injuries. His play is taking a major dive. Whereas Patrick Peterson, I mean, he may let up a few more plays than he used to, but, I mean, he's still a very serviceable corner. And I think that he still has that Pro Bowl potential, whereas Richard Sherman more so, if he was going to make the Pro Bowl, it'd be because of his name as opposed to his actual play. 
So we're in agreement. We were also we both said taking Patrick Peterson. Now this is a bit of a tougher one. Would you rather be the all-time leading rushing, leading rusher in NFL history, or win a Super Bowl ring? All right. Well, A, for me, I would probably say leading rusher only because rings are forever, but you can be an awesome player without one. But to be acknowledged as one of the all-time leading rushers in any category, I mean, well, an all-time leader in any category, that's amazing, especially one as tough to get as a Russian leader. But Adrian Peterson said he's greedy and he wants to do both. He said, I'm going to keep playing, trying to chase the championship, and God's willing, within the process of doing that, I'm able to catch Emmitt Smith and pass him. So, first off, which one do you think is more realistic? AP getting the ring or AP being an all-time leading rusher? Because I would say ring. Yeah, definitely getting Before I answer that question, I would say... I understand you with the whole one rushing titles, but the only thing about me, not me and the record is, if I get the record, somebody can break it. You can't break my ring. True. I think rings matter, but then I kind of look at it like LaShawn McCoy. He got back-to-back rings, but didn't take a snap in either game. I don't know. Like, I'm sure, like, as a veteran, you kind of care a little bit less, but, like, if I'm getting a ring, like, I want to be a reason why we got that ring. I want to be a significant part of the team. I at least want to get at least one carry. But, once again, that's just me. But, yeah, so, AP, which one? So, we both said we think the ring is more realistic. So, which So which team do you think that he would have the best chance of getting a ring with? And then which team do you think, if he was to go the route of trying to get the uh, record, would be the best fit? much in agreement with you as far as the Chiefs because Le'Veon Bell isn't coming back. That's not surprising. Get a veteran presence in there and just, you know, kind of spread the carries out amongst him, uh, Williams, and uh, Edward Hilaire. As far as the Russian leader, I would probably go with Miami just because Miles Gaskin was cool last year. Uh, Savan Ahmad was cool too, but I feel like Adrian Peterson will still be able to produce. I still, I feel like they're going to get a number one. They're going to use a high pick on a running back. They're going to bring a running back in there. But I feel like with the roster as it is now, I can see Adrian Peterson getting some significant carries um, with Miami. But all right, let's move on to the NBA. Ethan, what are your top three takeaways from this past week's action? Bruins fan, but I just like to see teams in full health go against each other. 
I know LeBron has done amazing things not with some not so amazing teammates, but it was just unfair. And it's also a regular season, so I think the AD injury is something to really look watch out for. Um, number two, man, these guys dropping career highs left and right. Joel Embiid dropped fifty. Jamal oh, Murray dropped fifty. Julius Randle dropped forty four. Right. Like. This NBA season is really entertaining as far as like watching people go off for major points. And number one, just I think people need to respect the Utah Jazz. Like I understand that the Lakers are hurt, but what the Utah Jazz are doing and what they build and what they're doing this season is something that's really, especially for that type of roster. Because in honesty, it's not like they have Steph, Clay, and KD and Draymond. Right. It's really. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy, and Cl- Jordan Clarkson. And Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley when he's um when he's not injured, and it's like y'all need to respect them. Like I know a lot of people are looking at them and like are they a true like number one team? I think they are. I they in my opinion they kind of resemble the old Spurs. They used to predicate a lot of ball movement and player movement, and like you can win a championship with that type of playing style. In my opinion. Yeah, I. I as a Donovan Mitchell fan, I do really enjoy it. I mean, at the very least, give them respect. They just had a nine-game win streak, and it just ended like against the Clippers, who are also a very formidable team in the West. So I hear you on that. All right, let's talk our Mamba players of the week. Starting with the Eastern Conference, for me, I'm going to go Jimmy Butler. We all know he suffered, he uh, caught COVID. And it took a while for him to get himself back into shape. But since he's been getting himself back going back into shape, he's been balling. Been a triple-double machine. In fact, in the last five games, he has four triple-doubles. Just really been balling. I feel like his game has really expanded since coming back. And though he may not put up all the points that we're used to seeing from him, he really is evolving his game and just being and possibly an even better facilitator and leader for the Heat than he was a year ago. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. I have to go with Joel Embiid because, A, I love Joel Embiid. He's, in my opinion, the most dominant big in the game right now. I'd agree with but that. The reason his 50-point performance was so amazing to me is he really wasn't using dominant post moves. A lot of his moves, a lot of his scoring came from fadeaways and, like, actually having skill. Mm-hmm. Like, because the reason I love Joel Embiid is because he's, like, this mix of Shaq and Kareem. And, like, they're blended together. Like, they had a child, like, fused together, and they came out with Joel Embiid because he has – he's very obviously a very large man. A lot of people – he's, like, 7'1", seven, 7'2". Seven, mm-hmm. And he's, like, 280. And he also has the touch and the skill to handle the ball, shoot the trade, and make reads out of the post. So I got to go to Will. All right, moving on to Western Conference uh, Mamba Player of the Week. I'm going to go Dirty Dame. Damian Lillard is a baller. Damian Lillard has been that guy for the last several years. And it's about time we put respect on him and give him the Mamba Player of the Week. Last game, just dropped 43 and has 16 assists on the uh, Pelicans. 31-10 and 10 against the Thunder. He's just really been a double-double machine as of late. And we always give him his pops for pass, I mean, shooting and scoring. But he's also shown himself to be a really, really good passer as well. So I'm going to go Dame for this week's Mamba. Yeah, I got to go Dame too because I think the Trailblazers are also on the win streak. Mm-hmm. And to be able to do all of this and go on the win streak without 
CJ McCollum, who was averaging like 25 points a game. And I don't know if Nurkic is back, but if he if he I don't think he's back yet. Yeah, Nurkic is a key part of their team also. So the fact that they're on a win streak and they're like fourth or fifth in the West, I believe, Mm -hmm. that shows a huge testament to what Damian Lillard is doing in Portland. Most definitely. All right, rookie of the week. First time for this young man, and I swear I had him down before the dunk. Anthony Edwards. He's finally starting to play how you want your first overall pick to play. Like I said, I had him down even before the dunk, but I mean, good God. Like, that was that was cold-blooded. It was foul, but he's been having great games, strung together multiple 20-point performances. Uh, most notably, he dropped 28 against the Lakers. So, I'm going to go Anthony Edwards. Congratulations. First time, the first overall pick is getting my mom a player. Yeah, I got to go. That's a bad one. All right, so let's go ahead and talk the NBA All-Star starters. Even though <laughs> Mayor of Atlanta, uh, Keisha Bottom said, yeah, y'all don't need to do this. Like, we don't need y'all to have this. This is not necessary. But the NBA is still promoting it, saying, hey, Sunday, March 7th, come join us for the All-Star game. We'll see how that all goes. But starting in the West, uh, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, and unsurprisingly, LeBron James is the captain. And out the East is going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Finally, Bradley Beal is a starter. Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, and KD is going to be the captain. So looking at the West, some people feel like Dirty Dame got snubbed from being a starter, um, believing that he should start over Luka Doncic. Do you agree? I believe, I do believe Luka shouldn't be a starter, but I believe he's not just only Dame. I believe that they could have went to either Dame or Donovan Mitchell. Which is understandable. I think the thing about Donovan Mitchell is just the market he plays in. Yeah. Like, he's great, but not many people are really tripping off the jazz. And then Dame, yeah, I would put Dame over Luka as well. Um, all right, so the Eastern starters, are you good with the starters or are there any changes you would make? Because I'm good. Yeah, I'm I'm good with it too. So, do you think? How do you think this All Star game is going to go with regards to just Atlanta, COVID? Very few, if any, fans are going to be allowed. Do you really think that? Do you think it makes sense for them to have this game still? Because I don't. I say the voting is cool. I think that they should do something similar to what 
the NFL did with the Pro Bowl, make it virtual, give folks the time off. Because I just don't – it don't make sense to have a game right now. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to have a game, in my opinion, because the thing of it is, is the All-Star game for the NBA is like the biggest form of fan spectacle that they have. Like, the NFL, the biggest fan spectacle in the NFL is the Super Bowl. Right. And you can't cancel the Super Bowl because, quite honestly, it's the biggest game of the season. It's the biggest thing in sports in America, if we're being honest. True. I, I agree with you. But as far as, like, the NBA goes, like, outside of the finals, and a lot of people don't really care about the finals because their team is in it. Right. But, like, as far as, like, fan spectacle, the All-Star game, especially the All-Star weekend, period, is the biggest fan spectacle that they have. And I can understand it because they want to try to make as much marketability as they can. Like, they might have to make jersey sales and have TV contracts. But, yeah, honestly, like, the All-Star game shouldn't be going on this year. It's a waste of time. Like you said, I'd rather them, I'd rather them just do virtual and let the players get the rest because they also have a second half of the season to get ready for. Like, let some injured players get time off to um, nurse those injuries and get better and prepare for the next half of the season. So I think the All-Star game this year, especially in Atlanta, like, it's a bad idea because Atlanta's Atlanta. And if you're going to have an All-Star game in Atlanta, the reason you have an All-Star game in Atlanta is because of the experience of being in that city, going to parties and doing other, like, things that you would do inside Atlanta that, you know, James Harden knows a lot about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's the best move, but money talks. And if the NBA feel like they can make some money, especially because they're not going to be getting as much from fan sales, then I guess it's their way of doing it. But you kind of touched on AD's injury, and it seems that when it initially happened, uh, the MRI showed that uh, AD re-aggravated a um, – had a re-aggravation on his calf strain, was going to be out two to three weeks, and then it was reported earlier this week that it's actually going to be more like four weeks, potentially a month without AD um, with the Lakers. So kind of talking about it from the Lakers' perspective, you touched on it a little bit, but – Right now, the Lakers are what? The second seed in the West, if I'm not mistaken? So, if AD is going to miss a month, where do you see the Lakers falling? Do you think they stay as the second seed, or do you see them falling at all? Because as a real talk, I can see them falling to, at most, maybe four or five, because they're 22 and eight, but the Clippers are right on them at 22 and nine, so... I, I see them falling at worst to maybe the fourth seed. Um at that but at the very least I think they're going to the third seed. I don't think they're gonna keep it going. Yeah, I definitely could potentially see them falling like the four or five seed without A D for a month. Because like the West is so competitive, the Clippers are honestly just a game behind them in the um Western conference. The Lakers are twenty two and eight, the Clippers are twenty two and nine. The Trailblazers are 18 and 10. Phoenix 18 and 10. Like, the West is so close that I think that they would have a drop. Right. Regardless. But I don't think it'll be like this whole, like, they might drop to, like, the AC in the Western Conference. I think it'll be in most, like, four steel frames, like you said. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be anything too crazy, but we're already seeing now it's going to be a significant drop-off. Um, especially with other injuries that dealing with Dennis Schroeder is going to be out for tonight at least. So it's been it's been a lot going on. Now, moving to the bottom of the barrel, the Minnesota Timberwolves 
uh, who are 7-23, and 23, suffered a blow with uh, D'Angelo Russell being um, expected to be out. He will undergo anth- anthroscopic surgery to remove a loose uh, body in um, his left knee, slated to be out for the next four to six weeks. So I think last week we talked about Russell Wilson and having say as far as the personnel being brought in. Well, we all know Cat wanted to play with D'Lo. Everybody knew they wanted to play together. Cat gets what he wants, and yet the Minnesota Timberwolves are still a bad team. I read a stat that was like, since D'Lo has been traded to the Timberwolves between COVID and injuries, they have only played five games together. So do you think that the Timberwolves are regretting their decision to bring in D'Angelo Russell? Right now, the ninth seed at 13 and 12. So best case scenario, 
How far do you see a D-Lo and Cat-led team going with the Timberwolves? Best case. Uh, Best case, I see second-round playoff exit. I don't see them winning the ring or anything. I can see them them first, second-round playoff exit, for sure. All right, so one more thing before we go ahead and make predictions for uh, tonight's games. It has become a growing trend in the league to where before a player ends up getting traded or released, Teams decide to bench him. In the case of um, Cavs center Andre Drummond, who's currently had his name brought up in playoff, I mean trade rumors. For the last few weeks, most notably right now, it is the Toronto Raptors and Blake Griffin, who has his career in doubt with the Detroit Pistons. Both of them are sitting and not and a lot of people, including NBA players, do not feel right about it. I'm not going to go through the whole tirade that um, Andre Drummond went on uh, post-game. But he did make – I mean, not Andre Drummond, I'm sorry. Uh, Draymond Green made post-game. But he made some good points. Um, main point being, at some point as players, we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the teams can have. So, Ethan, do you think that it is right for teams to bench players until they are traded? I'm sorry to interrupt, but because his skill set is so limited compared to other centers in the game today. He can't shoot like Joel. He's not a passer like Nicola. Like, he's great at rebounding, and he's a good defender, and he's good at scoring in the post. That's his game, and not many teams would give up their soul to have that. Right. And like I think that it should be a mutually respectful 
I have two things to say about that. One, with regards to players getting traded and our teams as well, like it's about how you do it. It's about how you go about it. How James Harden went about wanting to get traded, it was a bad look. Like not showing up to practices, being out of shape, not even trying really, that's problematic. And like you said, he got everything. He got all the personnel he wanted, and he couldn't make it happen as the best player on that team. So it really depends on how you go about the situation, which is why I think some players will catch more chastisement than teams. Not saying teams and how they trade people is wrong, because let's be honest. Remember when Demario, I mean not Demario, uh, Demar DeRozan got traded. Everybody gave the Raptors hell about it. And it worked out in the long term for the Raptors, but still it was just like, it was messed up how they did it. When the Celtics traded Isaiah Thomas. So teams, it really depends on just how you go about it. If it's a mutual thing and it's not a whole bunch of pomp and circumstances, like, hey, it's better for both parties if X, Y, and Z is gone, all right, that's fine. But like I said, I think it's about respect. But I do see what you're saying um, with regards to just wanting to make sure, like, there are guidelines in place. But kind of going to my second thing, you can't control the media. You can't control how the media is going to spin a story. You can't control how the media is going to choose to um, present a story. All you can control is the narrative you want to push out. But even then, no matter what, it could get misconstrued and torn five different ways from Sunday. So I think it's kind of a double-edged sword to where, like, no matter how you go about it, if the media wants to give an image of something else, that's the image that's going to be stuck with. If ESPN wants to hype up, um, hype up Isaiah Thomas getting traded and how terrible the Celtics look, even though... Because what fans are going to see is what the media pushes out. We're not in the front office. We're not in the, with the GM when the moves are being made. So we only see what uh, what the media tells us. So like I said, I just think that it's a double-edged sword a bit. But I do think that team – I think it just comes down to how it's done, how these moves are done. If a player is mutually agreeing with a team, yeah, I'll sit out until I get, I'm released or whatever, then, yeah, that's one thing. But if you're just like, hey, you're not going to play – with no warning or anything, I think that's when it gets problematic. Yeah. Like, I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, to go to that point there, like, I remember when Tyreek Evans was here in Memphis, they, he was in the layup line before the game. They were about to play Indiana, and they told him, yeah, you got to sit because we, we're in discussions about trade talks for you. Like, this man was about to play a game. Harrison Barnes got pulled mm-hmm. in the middle of a game against Sacramento when he played for, um, for Golden that, State because yeah. they were talking – no, was, no one was going to say it was Dallas because I think, yeah. I think they're, like, literally in the process of trade. No, during the game, they traded him to the Kings. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. they traded him. This man found out and he had to sit out the game because it's like, you're traded. You can't do anything anymore. Right. Like, that's the type of stuff where I'm saying, like, it has to be respect to the players because it's like this man is literally in the middle of a game playing, trying to win, and he finds out, like, oh, you can't step on the court anymore because you're traded. Or in the case of Tyree Gibbons, you can't you can't play today because we might trade you by the end of tonight. Yeah, you like that last month minute stuff just isn't right. Like, if you already know you're trying to trade somebody, don't even have them at the court. Just cut out the middleman. But yeah. all right, let's go ahead and make game picks for tonight, uh, February twentieth. 2021, a.k.a. my niece DJ's birthday. My baby is 13, and I don't know what to do with myself. So, starting off with the Miami Heat, Los Angeles Lakers, a rematch of the NBA Finals. I got Lakers. Yeah, I got Lakers, too. Phoenix Suns versus the Memphis Grizzlies. 
I think it's going to be a really good game, but I'm going to go Suns pulling it out. Washington Wizards taking on the Portland Trail Blazers. The Wizards have kind of looked like they started to get it going, got some more wins under their belt, but I'm still going Trail Blazers. Yeah, Golden State Warriors versus the Charlotte Hornets. I got Warriors. Yeah, I got Warriors. All right, and final game because the other two were postponed. Sacramento Kings versus the Chicago Bulls. I got Bulls. Now joining the Shiznio, it's the green-haired hoe. Hey, Keezy. It rhymed. <laughs> rhymed. Shut up. All right. Hi. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. You ready to recap NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day? I am. Let's go. All right. Starting with the Women's Dusty Road Classic Finals where Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai take home the win, earning a future opportunity at the Women's Tag Team Championships. Who will they be facing? We'll find out later. This one, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, we didn't know two weeks ago. When, whenever the last one. Uh, it felt it was long. <laughs> let's, let's keep going. All right. Uh, after nearly having his arm ripped off, Johnny Gargano retains his uh, North was, American Championship. It was a good MSK rides the wave of momentum and are the men's Dusty Road Classic winners. Io Shirai retains her women's title in a surprisingly short match. And after a slow burn, Finn Balor wins the Battle of the UK and defeats Pete Dunne to retain his NXT championship. It was a painful match. <laughs> it was. I won the event 3-2. to two. Shout out to uh, Finny Boy Balor because going into this, it was a tie. So, you know. Because neither of our picks for the triple threat won, so, you know. Honestly, like, I'm not surprised that he got one, like, damn. I, I thought they were going to do something. Like, honestly, I don't know what they do now. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. But, you know, we'll figure it out. You know, they, they got a lot of I mean, talent. They got plenty of bodies. They just need a good storyline. Like, the match has been great. Just need a storyline. That's all. Facts. <laughs> Speaking of matches, my favorite match was the men's Dusty Road Classic. Really enjoyed watching MSK and uh, Grizzly Young Veterans go at it. Favorite match of the night. Tag team wrestling, you know? Almost like it's... In marriage or something. Anyway, it's NXT. They have good... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matches. We're not talking about father-in-law. I'm not talking about dad. <laughs> I'll say my um, my favorite match of the night um, was Kushida versus Johnny Gargano. Like, there was just a back-and-forth match. Like, when honestly, I didn't know who was going to win. Like, I can see both men winning this match. And ultimately, in the end, Johnny Gargano won. Like, won clean as a whistle. Because those two, um, one final beats, like one to the ramp and one to like, yep. Which he's, looked he's real painful. I mean, the stuff he did to his arms. <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm not going to lie when he did the, the hey, I'm going to hold the arm bar, but I'm still going to flip your ass over. But then the arm bar. Like, huh. Like, Johnny, I'll, I ain't going to lie to you. I would tap. I ain't going to lie. Like, yeah. Nah. That's what made uh, Velveteen tap. But that's your dominant arm. I know you live handy. Like, that's your dominant arm. Like, yeah, I would tap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I would have, uh. I would have given up, but it was that was a banger of a match. My favorite moment, it was different until towards the end of the show when I got to see Adam Cole give super kicks to Finny Boy Bella and Kyle O'Reilly because he said, you know what, enough of this acting like a face crap. I am Adam freaking Cole, baby. And guess what? I don't miss. Favorite moment of the night, easily. That's actually Irish guy. I hit her sky. Um, and uh, Alistair Black. He knows a little something, something, too. 
That was also my favorite moment. It was like, wow. Like the team the kick to fan expected. The one to Kyle, like Hey look, Kyle need <laughs> was not showing loyalty. Like, look, look, Kyle, look. We were cool, like, uh-uh, fan, no. Look. Right, you can you can have your moment in the spot. Like, like you lost, okay. Why are you still helping him? Y'all ain't got like, nothing else to talk about. Like, like you, you got your mom. You lost. It's okay. We still good, but now you want to keep helping him. All right. For bet. what reason? Yeah. Like I honestly, how are people mad at them? People saying, "Oh, undisputed era is over." Like, no. Honestly, if anything, Kyle is the one who was disloyal. Stick with your brothers. I Forget mean, things. And people are like, "Oh, Adam Turnhill, he never was face." Like he was. Like, he was he, doing a lot of face he, stuff he, though. Like, he was. He was in with the moment. Like okay. Like like when you face um Brizong, like I respect his team. Like yeah, they. He can respect the team all you want. Like, I'm still beat you, though. Like, there's one thing. There's one thing. Like, he never turned face. Like, I He was like, doing I, a lot I, of I, face I, stuff. So, I get it. Like, like he, he was he was playing him like a fiddle. That's what he was doing. Mm. Like, this all. They're fighting. They, they're definitely broken up. Adam Cole, Roderick Strong. Did y'all forget about that? And Bobby Fish. I like, mean, Bobby's still here, so. I think, like, when, when Roderick and Bobby, um, I mean, Roderick and Adam were fighting. People thought, oh, they're going to, they're going to, like, Split, split up like they're still together like brothers fight let them fight it's okay yeah it's okay brothers like honestly if, if we get like a big payoff like um Adam versus um Roddy not Roddy Adam versus Kyle cause I watched some of their matches from like before it came to WAB like we're in for we're in for some good wrestling yeah but um that super kick like Super kick. Now, love the story, like, like Roddy, like, I do I go with Adam? Do I stay and check on you? Like, cause like I'm just in the middle here. <laughs> like, I just, I'm, I just showed up. Yeah. when Bobby come, like, what the hell was going on? Like, Bobby, just go back, just go back. You're hurt, man. Just, just <laughs> stay back. there. Well, I'm here. Shh, 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 it's okay. Do it. We'll go for tag stars. Let them fight. Like, Roddy, me, and you, we, we. We can go. We can go fight for the tag titles. Let them settle their differences or something. Nah, partner, you in for it too. But all right. So uh, before we move on to the next part, <laughs> good old Pat McAfee. After seeing this, tweeted out, "Who would have thought Adam Cole, a certified scumbag, colored me surprised?" Well, I mean, takes one to know one. Increase, decrease stock. What you got? I would say decrease. I don't really see anyone who really decreased their stock. Like from their tag team matches, both great tag team matches, um, triple threat match. Um, none, none of them really decreased a lot. Like it didn't go that long, but like everyone put on a good showing. No, I would say decreased stock was the announce table. That weak table. Like the disappointment. Oh well. Into doing tables, fine. <laughs> I'm like, huh? Well, I guess we go on. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, increased up. Um, I would say right now it's probably MSK. Um, they put on like a major song ever since they debuted on NXT and like going against a tag team as good as the um, Grizzly Young Veterans. Um, and going on to face the um, champions on uh, Only Look and Danny Burch. I feel like it really increases the stock of them and the uh, NXT tag division. I just said tag teams in general mm-hmm. because every tag team that performed was awesome. Raquel and uh, Dakota, Ember and Shotzi, MSK, GYV, like everybody put on a great showing to where 
Like, it just showed that ta- how beautiful tag team wrestling can be when given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I know in other promotions, tag teams are used to the best of their ability. I mainly only watch WWE. So, you know, don't really see that out often. So, yeah, no, it was a, it was a beautiful night for tag teams. And as far as decreased stock, I didn't have anybody either. I, I mean, nobody really decreased us. It was a fine night. Um, in terms of my booking decision, I would have just let the I would have the women's championship matches go on longer. Like it was a really really short match, and usually with triple threat matches they go a bit longer. So it was shocking to me that it went like maybe fifteen minutes. I don't know why because like isn't like some of the women's ma- like the title matches on the tables have been going shorter. I, w- I wouldn't say like the triple threat like multiple women, but like not like in general they've been like it feels like they've been going shorter. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like they just need to make because that's my one booking decision as well. Like. I would give them more time. Like, I mean, you're on the network. You have all the time in the world for this. So, yeah. um, I'll just give them more time. We all, we, we all know how talented all all the women are, especially since you're about to sign like a lot more people come to the PC. Um, it, would, it would be great to showcase like their talents and like give them like a longer time frame to like do so. Yeah, you time frame. <laughs> What was your all right last piece WTF moment and show grade? What was my WTF? I have one. Um, it's nothing like too too crazy, but when I saw it, it made me like WTF. I'll say, uh, my WTF moment was based. No, I got it when um Finn Balor he just like casually took his mouth uh, peeked on his mouthpiece out, and then like you know what, fuck you, I'm dropping you right in your teeth. Surprisingly, no teeth fell out. Cause I know Finn has some strong legs, and like, hmm, he tried to break his jaw. No, you know what's up with Finn and jaws now? And my show grade is just like Royal Rumble. It's eight, solid eight. I'm actually, yeah, it's eight. Okay. My WTF moment was seeing Tony Storm do a flying headbutt. Just because anytime I see it, it's just like why? Like it's just like I said, it's nothing too insane. Mm-hmm. But it's just like every. Oh, it just blows me that people still do it. Like, what do you what are you gaining from doing this to yourself? I see you did it to her like midsection, which is less damage, but still. You're using your head. head. <laughs> You're using your head. Literally. Let's not do that, okay, babe? Thanks. And then my show grade was a B. It was a very fine night, solid night. Nothing like extravagant happened, which you know probably That's is the reason why. But it was just a great night. Like it was a great, solid night good across the board now speaking of things that weren't good but you know whatever we were watching raw and of course the lacey evans rick flair charlotte thing was going on and charlotte gets tapped gets in the matches and i want you lacey after beating pains behind all night my pains i'm tired of this get in you get in right now and then first off lacey's facial expression was awesome like her face was great and then she said hey Ah, uh, you can't wrestle me because I'm pregnant. Now, we both thought, the hell is this? Like, right. We thought it was storyline-based. But apparently... I mean, yes, it is also. It's also... I know you're about to say, but it's, yes, the storyline also is real life because she's, like, pregnant for real. Yeah. Like, so. but you say this on TV, so now it is storyline. It's not like with Becky. Like, she, she literally left, but you... I mean, y'all been, y'all been doing this as a storyline this whole time, and y'all like basically insinuate through it the whole time, like even <laughs> after she said it, and then Rick look and she nice like woo, like like it was so like kid. basically y'all put this in the storyline, so what? 
Triple H, where's your sign it real quick? Who booked this crap? Because, like, it's one thing just to say, like, oh, but y'all basically been insinuating through the whole storyline, like, so now he, he's been, she's been going to space now. <laughs> y'all basically been insinuating that this, this whole storyline. Yeah. So, like, is, is, is Richard the father? <laughs> I hope, I feel like they're going to try to do something with that. I hope not, though. I'm like, because the whole storyline has been a mess from, from the get go. Yes. And just like, ah. So, um, congrats to Lacey. Yeah, congratulations. But, um. We say all that to say congrats, but also, can we well, not? Where do we go from here? <laughs> Hell, apparently, because this is. It I'm was like, already bad. Because, like, did y'all pick this up nine months from now? Or. I feel like they may have her coming around and, like, he, like, you know, plays, I'm going to be a daddy. I would. Please don't. <laughs> Don't be surprised. Like, how, how does Lexi explain this to her, her husband and daughter? How does Rick explain this to his wife? I don't think Rick's wife has any expectations for him at yeah. this point. But yeah, so you know, congratulations. Charlotte's face doing when she enough like it was all of us, right? I, I wonder if she actually knew or not because I don't know. Well. But all that to say, things are a bit more complicated now because before this was announced last week, she competed against Charlotte and earned the right to face Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship at Elimination Chamber. Now, WWE has not officially said that it's not happening, but you can't have a match with a pregnant woman. So, what's next for Asuka? You know, something. Because, like, looking, looking at the Raw roster, who challenges her? Because, like, you can replace her with... I'm pretty sure there's going to be a one-time thing anyway. You can replace her with Peyton. You can do Charlotte. I know Mickey James, she's on SmackDown. Is um, she? Are you sure? I mean, she's contracted on... She got drafted. Yeah, SmackDown. sure, whatever, know. anyway. Um, You get... You get Naomi, but she's no contender with uh, Lana for the tag title. I don't... I don't know. Honestly, I, I genuinely don't know. Like, every time Oscar has a main roster title, like, so, um, you're going to have a feud. Then after that first feud, you're going to do something. We don't know what, but it's gonna do, you're going to do something. So, I don't know. <laughs> I think that, well, I, I think uh, her, she's going to end up having Sunday off. So, that kind of hey, sucks. Collect your paycheck? Uh, I don't But, um. Yeah, it's just like every time she has a main roster title, they don't know what to do. I just all I all I ask is just just start prepping for her and Riyadh Rumble. I mean, not Rumble WrestleMania. Let's just start there. I he love had, Charlotte. He had, he had about a month and a half. Everybody knows I am the biggest Charlotte fan. However, I'd rather see Rhea and Oscar because I feel like this is the perfect time to include a new dominant force and include in her force of dominance beating Charlotte clean to be the number one contender against Asuka at Wrestlemania and you can have Asuka be a heel that's all I'm saying I think that'd be fun I, I think that's a I think with everything that's going with Charlotte and Lacey and Asuka I feel like they're going to have Asuka go heel like she's getting tired of losing because of Charlotte keeps getting distracted like it made sense it's like getting their like it's kind of, I know like wrestling is up there. It's about when you're still, especially like something like this, it's about the destination. But like getting to that destination was like just trudging. Then like you got this curveball. So I'm like, oh, she's actually pregnant. So like, where do you go from? Like, I I get the, it's about the destination. Like, good God. I, like, the only you could have been pulled the trigger. The only reason why I don't think that'd be why she went heel, heel is just because 
Who cares about that title? I'm the Raw Women's Champion. If anything, I go heel because I'm not defending my championship. Which is like, which is a very valid reason. I think, isn't it? Well, it's almost what she did. She's like, like I'm not, I'm not like safe. It's like I'm gonna be arrogant because I earned the right to be arrogant. Like no one can beat me. I'm undefeated and I'm a champion. Like no one can beat me. Like I earned the right to be arrogant. Like they, they, they could do that on Raw. Like no. I'm not going to. Of course not. Why would I? Why would I do something to appease the masses? Like, I, don't, I don't know. Like Charlotte's been costing her matches. Like there's a there's it's it's a very easy storyline. Like I know it's, it's simple storytelling. Y'all can like, do that at Fastlane, but I still want Rhea and Oscar at WrestleMania. Thanks. Let's so, make that happen, boss. So I don't I don't know where they go. You know, with Oscar somewhere. But the logical reason, like. If we're gonna do a one-off match, either um, Payne or Charlotte and Kyle Ray, because she's she's been on Raw and SmackDown like this backstage, like waiting for something. I think this this gives her the proper opportunity. Hey, let's go ahead and get you started on Raw. But that's just me. All right, so another thing that you know could happen. Cody Rose doesn't see why it couldn't happen. An AEW and a WWE crossover. He said in a recent interview via the uh, New York Post, there's no reason that there couldn't be a potential WWE crossover one day. So I'm, I'm going to shorten the scope. I'm not going to go with one day. I'm going to say this year. Will we see a WWE and AEW crossover? Because my response is hell no. I don't see it for the next five years, but definitely not this year. Do we? Yes. No, 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 no. The question is, will we? Oh, will we? Oh, no. Yeah. No. Could we? Yeah. This year? Yeah, we could. Are we? No, no. Cause one, he already does. He already doesn't like Triple H. You know he doesn't like Vince. Like this is not gonna happen. Like I know that says a lot. Anything can happen in WWE. Like, anything can happen in wrestling in general. Not with, not with this. But like, no. The only way I will crossover is if y'all he buys you out. At least, <laughs> at least not any, ain't not anytime soon. Yeah. Because one, I don't really care about it. But like, since people do, you're beating NXT in the ratings just about every week. <laughs> that that's one thing Vince doesn't like in general. So he, cause he's gonna keep competing with you. Then you think he's gonna team up with you this same year? No. What what? Even though it, will they have ratings? Yeah, probably. But um, it's not gonna happen anytime soon. Especially with the shows being on the same night. It's definitely not gonna happen. <laughs> no, it ain't happening, boss. Like I would love to see it. Personally, I would love to see um. It only got to be with Ross now Just like, cause yeah, millions of people watching wrestling on Wednesdays anyway. You'll cross over there and like, boom, there you go. It's not gonna happen anytime soon. Cause it like it, it's a few matches that I would I would like to see. Like Riho versus Eho Shirai, like, mm, that's a that's a good match. Just look. Yeah, it ain't happening, boss. It's, I know it's not. Like, give it give it about seven to ten years. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> let's uh let's start off with when Vince dies. That's we'll start from there. Or retires. He's never gonna retire. I've the only way he's gonna stop is when he passes away, and I'm not one of those people like, oh, I can't wait till Vince dies because that's when wrestling's gonna get better because that's a really messed up way of thinking. But you know, yeah, no, wrestling isn't bad now. Like some things is is tough. It's tougher to watch. But like some like once you just look like, damn, it's, it's not that bad. Like yeah, does it get crazy at points? Like yeah, it does. This then, but that's with wrestling in general. I can go to AWT and I'm like, yeah, some of the stuff is very cringy. Like it's not necessarily bad. Like, there's some things that, yeah, he, he does need to improve on, like, tag team wrestling and, like, 
giving women more time on your weekly shows. But you know, I digress. <laughs> All right, speaking of NXT, though, they have a new signing. Good old boy Triple H said that we were going to be seeing the largest class of women signed to the NXT Performance Center. But one who I'm sure is going to pretty much uh, blow through that really quick is former Impact champion. For those who don't know, Impact is t it was used to be TNA. Now it's Global Impact Force Nonstop Action Power Rangers League. Um, they have a lot Ty, of name changes. Ty Valkyrie uh, has agreed to turn to WWE and is going to start under NXT. Do you have any expectations for her anytime soon, or you think it's going to be a bit of a slow burn with her uh, working her way up? Um, I'm unfamiliar with her because I haven't watched Global In fact, Power Rangers <laughs> nonstop action Power Ranger League. So. Um, I would say like for the most part, I feel like they might be in the middle ground. Like she like has some dominant shop showings, but like, I don't think she's going to be like. Um, propelled into like a huge series thing right off the bat. Like I might be wrong, but um, from what I've seen from her, she's actually really good in the ring. You know, um, she she's been training a lot as well. But um, from what I've seen from her, I do um, I do like her in ring style, and I feel like it will mix well with a lot of um the women down in um over in NXT. All right. Now one more thing before we make our elimination chamber predictions, cause we just love a nostalgia. We love a dream match. And people love CM Punk. He was asked uh, a few days ago um, on Twitter by a fan, hashtag AskPunk. Mm -hmm. Back in 13-14, you almost fought Stone Cold Steve Austin. Do you think that would have been the greatest match of all time? I can answer that for you. No. But uh, CM Punk responded, would have been short. Go to sleep. <laughs> One, two, three. I read this on Twitter as well. Now, Mr. Stony Cold Boy said, uh, I see. CM Punk, you did say that. Damn, complete delusion. I had us at a 60-minute time limit <laughs> match at Rosemont Horizon right there in Chicago. Chi-Town, the Winter City. Hell of a match. Caught you in with a stunner at 59-56. You did not kick out. Bottom line. I love that. He's types just, just the same way he talks. I don't know. When I was like, reading, like, I was like, I definitely should say this how he would. Like, you said it. this exactly how you would actually say if you were talking to someone like, Oh, I don't see it going that long. I guess I guess Stone Cold like me like if they were in their prime like okay. Real question is who would win? Like a prime Austin versus prime no 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 no. This is back in thirteen fourteen. Who oh. not who do you think would win? Oh, punk. Who would Punk? Yeah, punk. I definitely. I like, be, I'm like especially during that time, like Punk, he was he was at people loved him at that point. Like, geez, there's no way he was losing. I, I, Stone Cold was going to win that bad. <laughs> Vincent Kennedy McMahon, if we know he loves a few things, big sweaty men, dick, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And the money that Stone Cold would have brought into the business? I'm like this one like that. Like, against somebody that it will be a merge of the old fans and the new fans and they kissed each other in a match and you and their friend think? Mark. You think he was gonna turn down that payday for a stone? Yeah, just I mean, because you, you, for the I mean, heat. I mean, you still get the money anyway. I think no, right no, now, no. CM Punk was a heel anyway. For the heat, he would get to have CM Punk lose. Oh yeah, Stone Cold would have won, and that would have pissed CM Punk off even more. We got it. He would left even sooner. Yep, and we <laughs> also would have got another bomb, pipe bomb. Stone Cold would have won that match. I'm like this one, like so easy. and like, he wouldn't win it clean because somebody would jump CM Punk, which would made it worse. Yeah, same part with different women in the match. Because around this time, like, yeah, you think 
Stone Cold, he has too much pool. Stone Especially with Vince, like. Stone was gonna win. Stone Cold would win that. Who do y'all think would have won it? Cool. Like, I was, we, we're on two different sides here. Stone Cold definitely would have won. Y'all let us know. It's but, not a match I would have wanted to see, but Stone Cold would have won that match. Would have shut. <laughs> Vincent came and man. Who do who should have won it? If it happened, yeah, CM Punk, of course. But given in terms of if it was to happen. Given round of time, let's see. I lost to Brock, lost to Dwayne. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, he should have won. But Vince is going to pull him inside and be like, hey, uh, hate to break to you, hey, but uh, you're going to lose to Austin, too. What? I'll bet he was talking like, what? Yeah, you're going over him. Let's be honest. Stone Cold was a bit of a diva in the back. He, he left because he didn't want to lose to freaking Brock Lesnar. He said, he said he didn't want to have a match unannounced. He didn't say he didn't want to lose. Yeah, whatever. He's like, I don't want to have a match unannounced. Whatever. Like, yeah, okay, stuff. Okay, stuff. He was on his way out anyway. So okay, like. Steve. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Whatever. He's a diva. Man, with the pull that Stone Cold, he wasn't going to lose that match. And CM Punk would just have to be mad about it. And Stone Cold wouldn't care. Stone Cold would want that match. But, you know. Never gonna see it. I don't think we're gonna see Stone Cold ever have a match again. No. CM Punk possibly, but I don't really want it as much as other people. I don't think Seth coming back to the ring. I wouldn't blame him to like, not come I, back. Like, I, I actually like. I don't. I'm kind of old. Like I really don't need it. I, I'm 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 looking good for myself. Like I really don't need this. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, we have a pay per view tomorrow. Yes, we do. It's um. And I, I think you could say it's going to be Eliminating Chambers. Because hmm. it's Elimination Chamber. <laughs> now, like we said when we talked about Lacey and Asuka, more likely that match is going to get canceled, so we're not going to have it on a prediction show because it's no point. But we did get another women's match added, the only one on the card. The Women's Tag Team Championship being defended by Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair. Or as we say Bianca Collin, Shania. Okay. She, she I, said it on SmackDown. I don't, I don't like that. But <laughs> and Sasha Banks, I have Nia and Shayna winning, not clean because Carmella is gonna be like, so Reznor, you just gonna cheat on me with these two beautiful black women? Yes. All right, bet I'm gonna mess up their whole night. And I have Nia and Shayna winning. I have Nia and Shayna winning. Well. We, we don't need another situation we will have with Charlotte and Oscar, or we, we don't need the your women champion to also be tag champ. We don't need that anymore. Plus, like, they literally just won the titles. Back then again, Charlotte also just won the titles too. Like, Does it matter? It With the does. women's championship, tag Look, championships, you know, it, it just kind of goes. This is what, what I see happening with the women's titles. I see them retaining here. Possibly. I think they're going to lose it to Dakota and Raquel. I think they should lose it to Dakota and Raquel because, like, NXT I, I, I don't, so much. I don't better. see them losing to um, Lana and. Naomi. Naomi. Whenever that match is going to be, because they don't because even they, have a they, time They've been doing the tunes for like three weeks now. They still have it haven't been three weeks. It's only been two. Look, I think this coming Monday be three, I think. Look, we're all just blends together. No, nah, because they won it two weeks ago. No. So this week, it will be a week. So it'll be two weeks, because they won nah. it. Look, it. It hasn't been that long. Look, though. we're all blends together. Like, this past right, it wasn't that bad. It was like, it was fine. But, you know, all the episodes literally blend together because they all seem the same. But, um,. They should lose to Dakota and Raquel, so I have them retaining the titles tonight and possibly retaining at Fastlane if they face them at Fastlane. All right, so United States Championship. We got Bobby Lashley defending his title in a triple threat against Keith Lee, supposedly, unless something happens and he can't wrestle. And Riddle. Yes, so who you got? Given that this 
still is a triple threat. Well, either way, I'm still picking Bobby to win. Um, I feel like um, they can keep the title on Bobby and like possibly get Keith the um, the Mania win since they're that um, they're planning to have a crowd there. They can give um, Keith the Mania win to actually be able to dethrone um, Bobby. Um, because honestly, I don't see why they keep giving Matt Riddle this U.S. title match. He that is cool. It's only like four of them. So just get into that territory like with Biggie and Apollo Crews. Like I beat you four times. No, leave me alone. Like. They should have Bobby on come to do the same thing Biggie did. Like, I'm done facing. I've been on three times spending six weeks. Like, yeah, Biggie, you did. So you did. But um Bob Black, he's the most protected man in wrestling right now. So I don't see him losing. If if he does lose, he's not taking a pin or submission. That's why but I have Keith Lee winning. I think he's gonna if win. If he's in the match. Yeah, if he's in the match. If he's not in the match, I'm gonna go Bobby. But I mean, I got Keith Lee winning. Um, if not for any other reason, but like you said, Bobby Lashley is really protected. So because it's a triple threat match, it allows him to lose without losing. Man, if I was a champ, I would hate to like. I lost my title. I ain't even freaking lose. Like, yeah. And plus, <laughs> it's already like it's no secret that Bobby wants to compete for like the, the WWE championship. Yeah, so like, which he's he's earned the right. He's deserved the right to like do that. Now, like, look how look, look how much he's progressing within like the last year and a half. Like, even, like, before Mania. Yeah. Like, he's been doing amazing, like, especially with his partnership in the Hurt Vision, especially with MVP. By the way, MVP get well soon, though. He hurt your leg this past Monday. Hurt his knee. You know that old man can't That's why move he's around like that. Matches. But, um, it just makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like, he he's earned, like, a main like a main event run. I don't know if they're actually going to give it to him. Like, I can see him being world champion because he still wants that Bobby and Brock match. And he, he I want to, I want it too. I want it for him. Like, I would love to see Bob Lashley main event, especially like given with what he's doing now. Love to see. All right, now the number one contender champion elimination chamber match, where the winner will face the Universal Champion Roman Reigns, right after this match. <laughs> so the competitors are Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, King Corbin, Kevin Owens. And Jay Uso. This was not easy to pick. Because I have three people potentially winning this match. But you only get one. Yeah, I know. And I, uh, pick, but... I, I said Jay Uso. Mm-hmm. Because one, no matter who he faces, they're not gonna win. <laughs> and two, because I feel we've seen Kevin. In Roman too many times. Three, three, four, three times. I, I don't. The match has been it. good, but, but like, I just I don't I, have to keep I, I'm tired of seeing Kevin. We're like Kevin, we love you. We're tired of seeing you get get your ass handed to you like literally every single week. As for Twice like Daniel Bryan, I feel like Daniel. That's a that's, that's a WrestleMania caliber match. Cesaro, I think they're gonna feed him into something with Seth Rollins, so he's not gonna do it. Sammy, I love Sammy, but no. And then King Corbin, I just we've seen that. Not even that. It's just nobody really buys into King Corbin right now. No, he's you're great, but um, you're boring. So I'm gonna go Jay Uso. And by the way, you spend too much money on a watching suit. Why are you worried about it? At least he don't dress right, like a, a host at uh, Friday, TJ at Friday. Um, I pick Cesaro to win this. Okay. Um, I feel like especially with everything going into the um. Going to the chamber, he's been on a good run. He's been winning big matches, which he, that he never does. And especially going going into the match, like if you are ready to face um Roman, he can still carry on his feet with Seth, who, who can also get involved in the match, um and cost him the title. 
and still going to that field with Seth Rollins going to Mania. So picking Cesaro to win. All the picks were Daniel Brown or Kevin Owens, but like we all know, like since like they're gonna tie the match right right after the chamber, they were gonna lose anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now Roman versus our picks. I got Roman. Yeah, we, yeah, we kind of just said it. So. Don't, it don't really matter. <laughs> yeah, we, Roman's gonna beat him. Um. Now. The WWE Championship, which will be defended in Elimination Chamber, it's Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Defending against Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston, Sheamus, Jeff Hardy, and AJ Styles. Alan Jones. Who you got? Drew. Yeah, me too. Oh, I wanted to go elsewhere, but it's just like... Wait. I, well, okay. Nope. I'm just going Drew just because I want to because I know for fast lane that's the pay per view this will be on Peacock. Which I gotta cancel my subscription ability and never go to Peacock. Wait, why do you have to cancel? Wait, I thought if you had, why would you cancel it? Because it's gonna end anyway. You right? Because I know with Peacock this go to the five ninety nine, which is like with commercials. I don't want commercials. No, I know, but why cancel WWE? Because wouldn't it transfer over? Or like, why cancel it? Because it's just gonna end anyway. It's uh, not like you're gonna keep paying for it. But um. I, I was leaning towards Sheamus mainly for that reason. Like, okay, this is the first pay per view. They can you can do a thing like Sheamus he could retain here and Drew Reigns at Mania. But same time, like I don't know what they're gonna do with Drew McIntyre because I I don't know who who's gonna face him. Like I don't know what they're doing. That's why I think it's gonna be Edge, and I think that the only other potential option would be AJ Styles in terms of doing something different. Everything else is kind of just like. I'm very confused. I'm I'm gonna stick with Drew. I, I I thought about changing it to Sheamus, but I'm gonna stick with Drew, and they can have a rematch at Fastlane, the the one on one match. That they yeah, won. that's what I think is gonna happen as well. But uh, yeah, I got that, Drew. That, too. That's the only confused thing about like uh, they might want to try to do some for Peacock. Like then again, like even then, like he's gonna win it back to the next pay per view, so it doesn't really matter. Or win back like. Yeah, I'm I mean, Drew. either way, I feel like Drew's gonna go into WrestleMania as yeah. champion. So I'm picking Drew to win and retain. It should be like, like so with, with the with this champion, it should be a decent champion. But it's like, who who else is gonna win this? You know, <laughs> like, nope. unless you want to try, you can you can pull this right past Sheamus. Win like, be a nice welcome surprise. But at the same time, like, no. what else do you do? Yeah. Where do you go from here? Unless you actually do have Bobby lose early on in the match and like have Bobby come out of tag, like you could do that. Because Drew and Bobby had good matches last year. We just ruined by Lana. <clears throat> Alright. Tiebreaker. Where are we we agree on what? Three? And then we have two that are different, so we might not need one, but you know, just in case. Um The tiebreaker for uh this pay-per-view is who will be the first person eliminated in each elimination chamber match. I'm going to say Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn. See, I was going to say it's either Sami or Jay, but I'm going Sami to continue like, oh, their conspiracy. You know, you could have just kicked out. Okay. <laughs> and for the WWE Championship, well, it's between Jeff and Kofi. Yeah, that's how it was for me. But I think it's just Jeff makes no sense to be in it. 
I'm sorry, but I'm going to Jeff. Like we, we this is, so we have to be I'm like, Jeff, we love you, but like Okay. I don't no. like it's not your fault. You just you it, literally just put it into the mess. It's just it's like, not, why it's are you your here? Fault. Like, why are you here? Uh, All right. Just, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm not really gonna do with the W championship. Like maybe it's a reset after May, yeah, got some new contenders coming in, but like going into May, I don't know what Raw's gonna do, especially with their main event. <laughs> I think they, they. I think I'll figure it out. I mean, yeah, got a month and a half. And that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please be sure to check out the export.net. I repeat, the export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The Export. Brother Keezy, is there anything you'd like to say before we get up out of here? Uh, let's see what happens tomorrow. And maybe do we go work tomorrow? Now? I don't know. This last minute. They told us last minute today, hey, we're going to be open. Not that long, but you know. We'll see. See y'all tomorrow. Well, not really see y'all, but we'll be here. And uh, for me, I'm just going to say uh, I have my first mock draft for the 2021 NFL draft uh, coming out within the next week or so. So be on the lookout for that. Draft season, one of my favorite seasons in all of sports. I'm excited. Um, definitely one of the harder mock drafts I've had to put together. And, um, Yeah, so I'm looking forward to doing that. And thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you all next time.